Hi, all my buddies. Hello. Hi. What's up? Oh, God. <laughs> Phony Skyping in from 1998. Yep. <laughs> we, uh, we come to you once again for our sins on this lovely March day to bring you yet another episode of Semi-Automagic Inc. The first Prob- one in almost six months that has been recorded in the same time zone. Oh, yeah, that's oh, true. Yeah. There's There's been a, a major temporal shift, and those poor souls are now no longer living in the past, having caught up with my futuristic 3 o'clock Arizona chronology. So, like, uh, like mole men blinking away the sunlight of modernity, they have adapted to the modern age as best they are able. But not Kane. <laughs> you know what? Y five. <laughs> that was bad, Casey. That was, that was awesome. That was pretty Casey. good. Thank you. That's, <laughs> I got a nice cross section of answers there. <laughs> uh, all right. So last time, um, we Rowan fought a big bird. And, yeah, you guys got yeah. fought a big old bird-like guy. Um. And you met up with a couple of wizard agents who I certainly didn't intend to become Mulder and Scully, but that appeared to be their uh, organic growth. And uh, you threw dipping dots at a giant bird, and he proceeded to rough up the Museum of Weird History pretty thoroughly, which is sad. Uh, But then, at the last second, Xavier Tangleforth V emerged in a sudden mantle of competence and badassness and (laughs) shotgunned it in the face. Right. If I recall, he even got a cool one-liner off. He did. Yeah. Don't remember what it was. Uh, I believe he, I believe he shotgunned it in the face, then stepped out and said, this exhibit is closed. Right. Yeah, that's pretty, I had that in my head for a good two weeks before we got to use it. Amazing. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So we join our crow fight already in progress. Uh, Xavier has just left his, his office, his little, um, antechamber there. The smoking shotgun inscribed Cecilia in his right hand, a, uh, a sword inscribed save the queen resting on his left shoulder. And, uh, Dylan, I believe it is Solomon's go. Now, if memory serves, he is lying flat on his back, uh, lightly toasted and not in a fun Saturday night kind of way. Yeah. Puking, puking lemon fresh vomit and yeah. feeling all too lemony. Yeah, cause he had tried to, uh, he had tried to thaumaturgically ignite the giant crow beast and, and failed pretty. Work. No, it didn't. And it wasn't for lack of trying. It was just, uh, it was just a magic science blowback backdraft thing. Yep. Yeah. Um, so what would our boy like to do? Uh, I'm going to get up and dust myself off. Um, cool. You are no longer in dusty condition. Hooray. Um, you are now in dusty Springfield territory. Dusty Springfield, private eye. There um, we go. And then I'm going <laughs> to... This is dumb. Uh, <laughs> so where is the bird now? Um, I'm picturing the bird as being maybe like 30 feet away from you. It was doing its damnedest to uh, burrow its way into Xavier's sanctuary before it got shotgunned in the face. Right, so is it lying on the ground? 
Uh, yes, it is currently crumpled in a heap. It, it definitely seems to still have a good amount of life left in it. And Fiona, if I recall, was using her wind powers to fan the uh, glowing white flames that the shotgun ignited on its face. Right. So we're just in full on murder this fucking thing mode. I mean, that seems to be the way it's going. Agent McPunchy over there uh, attempted a series of maneuvers that it seemed like if they had connected with a giant crow skull would definitely have caused some some serious damage there. And uh, yeah, so I mean, that seems to be the direction it's going. Uh, I'm going to bring the ceiling down on it. Oh, fantastic. Tell me how. Uh, By forcefully, because I'm going to have to roll for this. Um, just pulling a chunk of the, I, I mean, what is the roof made of? Like roof. Okay. Corrugated plaster. All right. Like um, stuck up and stuff. All right. I'm just going to forcefully rip it down. Um, over okay. The so you don't mean, you don't mean just like, like, like the, the plaster covering it. You, you mean like if you were to cut like a cake chunk out of the thing like to the to the outside of the building that's the hope yeah yeah okay like a big old like a big old ceiling lasagna yep okay just right Right. over Uh, that fucking thing cool then uh you go ahead and roll your forceful for that that's gonna be real real tough as i'm certain you can imagine yeah um Uh, what's your what's your forceful rating it's plus one so total i got two you got two okay that's not gonna do it Okay. Um, I will say that you managed to bring down a chunk of just, like, the inner layer of plaster that's coating, you know, like, the physical bones surface of the ceiling. Uh-huh. Uh, you bring that down, and it uh, breaks a bit on the way down, and some sharp shards of it do seem to stab at the poor giant crow beast. Yeah, alrighty then. Yeah! says. <laughs> Great. Alright. Um, I think that about does it for I'm... my go, then. I'm trying to remember our turn order from last time. How does Solomon feel about that? Uh, it's okay. It's not what he wanted, but it'll do. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, sure. It's more shit to burn, I guess. Fair enough. Oh, yeah, huh, kindling. Okay, um, Agent Dalma, Agent Paroa Dalma, um, is going to wangle her way past you in an attempt to uh, get behind the crow beast. Uh, It's going to take basically her whole turn of movement to do so. But as she goes, she's going to start um, whipping her chain a little bit again, which I believe I said was about three feet long. It's pretty long. And as she does so, um, she's doing it in a different pattern than the last time. Before, she was doing it in kind of that figure-eight pattern, and she's doing a much more complex wristy-twisty thing. And as she does, the air actually begins to sing a little bit with the movement of the chain. So, yeah, what that's going to do could be cool. But she's going to go make her way over to uh, behind the thinger. Um, Rowan, what are you up to, buddy? Oh. Um, are you eating a Thanksgiving dinner? Uh... I okay, so it's on the ground, right? Uh, for the moment, yes. Um, I'm going to shoot it right between its eyes, hopefully penetrating its brain and killing it. It's got so many eyes, dude. Well, whatever its forehead, it's wherever pri- I think its brain would be. Okay, fair enough. All right. Um, and how do you intend to do so? It's moving Care- around something fierce. Carefully. Carefully. All right. Go ahead. Okay. Um, three. Three? All right. Let's see what the crow can do about that. Oh, poor crow's having a hard time. Um, (laughs) 
Poor thing. Yeah, poor thing. Okay, he he actually meets because he tried to quick out of the way there, and quick is one of his better stats. Um, but I did a little bit of reading, and it turns out that on a draw like this, um, the attacker decides what happens, but the defender decides how it happens. That's so weird. you absolutely yeah yeah you you absolutely uh, succeed. You you peg it right between its its horrible crow eyes. Um, and as you do so, its head just kind of whips backwards, as you might, you know, reasonably expect of something that's just been shot in the face. Um, as it does so, uh, its face kind of splits a little bit, um, along the seam of its beak, uh, just below its beak, as a matter of fact. You, you guys remember how, uh, Sam Rockwell was done up in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? As uh, Zephyr yep. Box, yep. yeah, like 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 the uh, uh, the Power Rangers toys, not unlike the, the Power Rangers toys, and and it flips up, yeah, not not unlike that. So uh, its its head just sort of rips back, and this uh, giant gash appears below its beak line, Ooh. and a uh, uh, and a large double irised eye opens up um it's it's beak which had been turned sideways in a sort of horrible like beetle pincer style uh is now in a position roughly equating to horns jesus yeah and uh still functioning as a beak though what's up side note um and this will this this will probably get cut but side note um if something gets shot and there is an exit wound um they it is just as likely to move in the direction that the bullet came from because the exit wound produces a lot of um of of force uh oh. in the opposite direction which is why the uh in the JFK videos his head tilts back oh yeah. that's really interesting physics you guys fun facts don't cut that that's interesting our our listeners will learn something <laughs> okay yeah. Um, in any event, yeah, there was no exit wound. There's a there's a there's a big old crow skull in there for that bullet to ricochet around in. So Yee. it's it's definitely still in there. And now there's a giant double irised eye, uh, and its mouth is above it, still screaming horribly as its face burns with glowing white fire. God, okay. I Solomon did not just looks expect that to happen. Solomon just looks concerned and like mildly disgusted. <laughs> Like, huh, that's a hell of a thing. Yeah. Just, this uh, is Solomon's fault. All of this is Solomon's fault. It is. I mean... <laughs> you're you're not wrong. <laughs> All right. Uh, In a lot crow, of ways, it, it's Theodore Preston's fault, but, you know. Well, it's, you know. Uh, at this point, the crow feels that it has been a pretty good sport and has had enough of this. <laughs> so it is going to, uh, to right itself immediately and... Its head having done this, its its physiology shifts, and you can actually hear uh, bones cracking and joints forcibly reshaping themselves, uh, such that now with its new giant eyeball horns configuration, it kind of leans forward and its wings break backwards and lean forward into kind of like a pterodon configuration. You know, like how pterodactyls could like walk around on their wingles. Sure. Yeah. That sounds yeah. like well, a back- thing. Well, bats can do it, too. All right. Bats are super cute. This thing is not super cute. No, this thing is horrifying. No, it's a monster. Are. 
Yeah. Um, and as it does so, it's actually going to swing its head around in a big loop, and the momentum is going to carry over, and its head, not unlike that of Regan Teresa McNeil in her possession by the demon Pazuzu son of the wind god Hambi, is going to twist... <laughs> Do a complete 300-180-degree no, no, rotation on its neck, um, so that the beak is now back at the bottom and the uh, the eyeball is is on the top. Its former throat now the top of its head. Uh, it's going to turn back to you, Solomon, because oh, it does not appreciate a bunch of friggin' ceiling falling on it. Well, I mean that's fair. Yeah. Um. Its eyeball focuses on you, and some sort of horrible starts. Yep, and it's going to huck a ball of uh, of disgusting and difficult to accurately perceive and describe uh, viscous matter at you. Okay, let's see here, and it is going to do that forcefully, which is not one of its better stats. We'll see what it can do. Um, that is a plus one, Solomon. Okay, so what what do I do to to get away from this? How do I interact with this? Unless you would like to be hit by this, which is certainly your prerogative and would, if nothing else, be interesting. Right. Um, you can decide how Solomon would like to not get hit by it. Tell me that, and then roll for it. Okay. Um, like, if you want to block it, if you want to dodge, if you want to pull a random passersby into its path. Uh, that seems rude. Um, well, I, I don't know. We've seen before that Solomon's not great under pressure. It's it's true. Um, Which is I'm, an interesting trait in a politician. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to go ahead and um, try to strike out with a lance of um, uh, of air magic. Sure. To, to, like, break this thing apart. Okay. Yeah, um, by all means. And I'm going to do that uh, forcefully, I suppose. Right, Which, all you got to yeah, do is beat a plot. Not great for me, but, you know. Uh, hey, that's, uh, that's a, that's a one total. One total. Okay, which is what he got. So, uh, it's definitely going to, I won't say it like full on hits you in the face, Mm -hmm. but, uh, it, it, what you wanted to happen definitely did not happen. So how are you going to mitigate the damage of this mysterious, disgusting orb, uh, being hurtled at you at the speed of Crowhawk? Ugh. Uh, so... I that was not a bird pun. <laughs> it is now. Um, well, I'm... so Solomon um, throws out his right hand, um, and an invisible lance of air strikes this viscous orb, um, shattering it from one large thing into many tiny uh, things. Uh, most of which hit kind of around him, but he's like covered in nasty whatever. Right, turned it into a magic bar shotgun. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, you get hit with it, and something very, very basic in, in, in Solomon's world goes very, very wrong pretty immediately. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, you can't tell exactly what's going on uh this it not being your turn but the world is beginning to look kind of transparent um the objects around you seem to have kind of lost some of their uh physicality and and permanence and solidity and uh we'll see exactly what that means 
next time it's your turn. Okay. Um, that was the crow. Fiona, what's up with you? You did a real good job before uh, fanning the fanning the flames. It's still it's still kind of on white fire, but it's not like being engulfed or anything. Um, sorry, I'm thinking. No, not at all. Take your time. Honey, can you bring up my uh, sheet, please? Yep. Phony, make ocean sounds for us while we wait. <laughs> give me a little, give me a little whale song. I'm trying to think, and you're wailing. That's actually a really good And when I say wailing, I mean yeah, the the verb of making a whale sound. So did you want me to sing like a whale of a tail? <laughs> Give me a give me a whale singing Danny Boy. No. Okay. Um, I'm gonna perform a stunt. Hell yeah! What up? Uh, I'm gonna use my make it a double stunt and take a a uh, a thermos out of my bag or pocket or whatever I have. Wait. Okay. What time of day is it? Uh, it is evening. Okay, so the museum, museum was fixing to close. Uh, afternoon is plus one instead of a plus two. Yeah. Okay, so you get a plus one to whatever you're doing, and there will be a consequence later. Um, if I recall correctly. Yes. Yeah. It's a plus one to quick, and then consequence of jitters and insomnia later. Cool. Worth it. Uh, yeah, totally. It's you know a rough night later or getting et by a crow. So. Yeah. So I'm gonna chug the fuck out of that coffee. What flavor? Um, hazelnut with a touch of vanilla. Nice. The Popeye theme stops starts playing. <laughs> yes, and I am suddenly quick as the wind. <laughs> you could even say she's Fiona P. Quick. Ugh. You no. certainly. What? But would you? <laughs> Solomon Vito's. Also, I have to say, the emphasis you put on P kind of really threw me off there. Yeah. There's something else was going to happen. All right, and with your newfound plus one to quick, what is it you're going to pull off, my friend? Uh, I'm going to run up the back of Bird Beast's spine and just start wailing on his eyes and head and general top area. Oh, that's terrible. All right, go ahead. Ceremonial dagger. Do I still have that? Yeah, I do. I do. I have a... I, I, uh, I brought a ceremonial dagger with me a couple episodes. <laughs> yeah, I like, I like that it's just ceremonial. We never really defined what the ceremony was. You just got it, you know, graduating high school. Uh, yeah, pretty- I have no idea what the fuck it's for. <laughs> I bought it because it's pretty. Fair enough. All right, make and, your roll. Uh, I'm going pretty... to use that and try and poke out all of his eyes... Ah. Ironically, like a giant bird of prey. Nice. Good job. Thank you. Uh, can you roll for me? Yeah. Rolling, what is it? Quick, quick. right? Plus three and quick. Roll. Rolling, rolling. She got a six. Whoa. Holy hell. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, he is, of course, entitled to a defense roll, but I don't know that it's going to do much. Let's see here. Um... He is going to uh, attempt to forcefully buck you off, but uh, forceful is not his strong suit. Let's see what's up. Oh, that's a plus one. Yeah! That's a plus one. That doesn't do a thing. 
That doesn't that doesn't do a thing. Well, it does a thing, but what the thing is is fail. <laughs> so, uh, yes, um, you run up his back just like uh, Shadow of the Colossus. It's pretty cool, yes. and um, he is uh, a bucking like a like a bull named Fu Manchu. Except I think I made that joke last time. And you uh, approach his also his... a very racist joke, Casey. Yeah, Casey. Only if the bull is from China. <laughs> No, that's even worse. No, how is that racist? Fu Manchu is a character. I wasn't portraying the bull as being the embodiment of the yellow peril. That's what Fu Manchu is. <laughs> yes, I know, but that doesn't. That's like if you name if you name a kangaroo Hitler. That's like why would that be offensive? That doesn't imply anything about Germans loving to put things in pouches. Kangaroo named <laughs> Hitler is my Australian uh, skinhead themed metal yeah, band. German. Reggae, death reggae band. Yeah, <laughs> Dylan, I would like to nominate uh, Kangaroo named Hitler for the for episode title. All right. I mean, <laughs> I'll consider right. it. Uh, Nazi Which will make more or less sense depending on whether or not you cut this. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, no, that is that's not... Sony, that's just the man's name. It's not racist to refer to him. Anyway. It really is. <laughs> oh. All right, moving on. You um you run up his spine all quick like it's super cool. And um since you beat his score by five points, I am going to say that you manage to brutally stab out five of his lesser eyes. Um you can't get to the main one in front, because it's, you know, in front, but you uh you do a good piece of damage and he begins to wildly twist and sway and attempt to reach back and bite you off with his terrible beak but it's not working because he just adjusted to this new physiology and he's not good at it yet all right it is the male agent's turn he is going to climb out of the three foot deep hole that he punched in the floor (laughs) um dust himself off ineffectually. It's not going to work. He's covered in dust and dirt clods and lead pipes from down there with the plumbing. He's covered in lead pipes. Co- just covered in them. Just, <laughs> yep. And, um, and he is good at one thing, and that thing is punching things. <laughs> no, so, he isn't. He hasn't he's... punched anything yet. I didn't say he was good at... Yeah, okay, he's, he's going to run up! He's going to run up real quick. Um, <laughs> and He's going to square himself and make sure his knuckle dusters are on the right way. And he's just going to run up and, and just do like a like a haymaker or wind up. And he's going to try to uppercut the thing as best he possibly can. Come on, guy. You can do it. I have faith in you. Hey, that's, uh, that's, 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 that's a plus one. But he's trying to do it forcefully, and that's his strong suit. So that's technically a plus four. And the bird is pretty distracted, so he's not going to have much of a quick to dodge that. Um, except he does. <laughs> um, okay, so that meets. So what happens is the um, the blow connects. Uh, the energy that he's been uh, winding up with his haymaker preparation uh, absolutely connects, and the force of his punch actually lifts him off the ground. It's pretty epic. Um, and the the crack 
of his fist connecting with bird jaw is uh is resounding so the bird rises up into the air with the force of the blow um it staggers backwards on its newly formed hinders um and then it just kind of doesn't go back down onto all fours like its weight shifts forward on its hips and newly formed knees and it just kind of stays bipedal oh Um, gosh yeah, it's real, real gross. So it staggers backwards a little bit, and it's still it's very dizzy and disoriented. Um, Fiona, it's gonna take uh, a little effort on your part to stay on top of the thing as it does so, if you want to. Uh, yeah. Let me bring up my. Uh huh. Um, I'm gonna use forceful to try and um. Much like Shadow of the Colossus, stab my knife into him and use the knife to try and keep myself anchored to it. Oh, gross! I love it. Go for it. <laughs> he's even going to be opposed because he's because this is like a reaction on your part. So two, two. Um, yeah, that's not bad. Uh, you don't have the best grip, and it's not in there super deep. It's kind of sliding around a little bit, but you can uh, you can hang on if you hold on with your hand on the dagger and like grab a handful of feathers as well. Okay. Yeah, that. you're good. And now it is back to Xavier, and he is going to um, put the shotgun in a holster that he's got across his back and uh, run up like, and try to take it. Like Night of the Living Dead style? I believe you mean Evil Dead style. I do mean Evil Dead style. And right. yes, exactly like that. Um, and he is going to run up with his uh, sword now gripped in both hands and try to just straight up lumberjack this bird up. Great. Yeah, he's going to run forward. And as he does so, he'll yell, Hail to the king, baby! I yeah. knew he was going to say that. <laughs> he doesn't have much of a force full, but he doesn't need one. Bum, 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 bum. Yes. Uh, he runs forward, takes a mighty swing with the blade named Save the Queen, and uh, a brilliant white flash of light erupts, fills the room as the blade connects with horrible, deformed, nine-toed crow leg. Um, it slices cleanly through uh, awful, viscous bird fluids spewing everywhere, and, uh, and a sound not unlike a choir of seraphim on the eve before a righteous battle fills the room uh in addition to of course uh horrible crow squeals so so, like xavier tangleforth is a knight of the cross now i mean not necessarily (laughs) not necessarily i mean i guess because the the swords all the swords have latin names and right it's definitely not a latin name well sure but uh, whatever i don't I, well, I mean, I, Dylan, if it's if it's if it's gonna if it's gonna dampen your enjoyment of the world, I, I can definitively state right now for you that no, Xavier Tangleforth is not a Knight of the Cross. This is okay. not one of the. Uh, this is not one of the one of the okay. three. Swords. I was just wondering because it's with with the imagery of the Seraphim and the the white flashes of of silver fire and all this other. Oh, stuff. that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. But it's also not unreasonable to assume that there's a lot of blessed stuff out there, man. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. I I just wanted to get that thought out there. Um, no, absolutely. No, if he, if this, if this were a Knight of the Cross situation, I'm pretty sure he, he could have just, like, you know, cast holy on the thing, and sure. it would 
yeah, I don't know. Anyway, uh, so yes, um, its horrible foot flops around independent of its body on the ground for a little while and it topples to the ground. Uh, Fiona, you, you, uh, I'm gonna say you tumble off, but you manage to keep your knife because you were holding onto it pretty dearly and you're alright there. Um, and Solomon, that brings it back around to you. Alright. Um, by the way, uh, as he took the swipe with the singing sword, um, a similar but not identical white fire uh, leapt up its leg to join the guttering uh, little flames still going on its face. And these pretty much erupted. Um, it is now actively on white fire. That's pretty great. Yeah. Um, Spell is unimaginable. So describe to me this reality-altering thing that happened. Oh, yeah, huh? Okay. Yes. Um... Everything around you looks kind of semi-transparent. Uh, like it's not super duper substantial. Okay. And you feel, you feel like you, I mean, you know, you're fine, your, your clothes are fine, you're covered in this horrible goo, but, uh, other than that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I am going to pull my warden sword from its sheath. Yeah. Um, and begin performing a series of movements intended to uh, dispel. Uh, okay, to, dis- to dispel the the horrible, awful nonsense that's happening. Uh, to, to the crow or to you? Uh, to me. Oh, to you. Oh, okay, very yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, I would um, like to be firmly planted in reality before I do anything else. That's, that's completely fair. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and you do have that stunt that lets you, uh, take a second and do something extra well, if I recall. Right. Um, that's when time permits, though, and being that this is combat, I'm not sure time permits. That's fair. Okay, so then you're trying to do this quickly. Um, I'm gonna say I'm doing this carefully, but without a lot of time to do it. Sure, yeah, go ahead. Uh, and that's a total of three. Them bones. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Okay, um, yes, you perform... Uh, the haberdasher's cleansing and, uh, <laughs> okay. and begin to feel the horrible goop, uh, sort of evaporate and bubble off of you like, um, like water on a hot griddle in case you ever want to cook up some water for the family. Sure. And as it dissipates and steams off, uh, the world around you begins to regain uh, a bit more solidity. Um, I'm going to say that you're not fully phased back into the prime material plane yet, but that if you wanted to pull off uh, one more thing on your turn, I'd be inclined to let you because that uh, cleansing ritual thing made me really happy. Alrighty. Um, so then I am going to, um, at the end of this cleansing ritual, mm-hmm. uh, I just sort of bring the sword around my head in a circle and then... Mm-hmm strike at the open air in front of me Mm -hmm. uh, while chanting in Russian to send a bolt of force at the the crow's large eye. Hell yeah. Okay. Uh, Tell me something, Dylan. Your sword. Yes. Could it accurately be described as shiny? It could. Okay. Uh, Then 
as you whip your sword around and uh, begin your Russian gulag song, um, <laughs> some of the light from the white fire uh, that the beast is on, which is on the beast, rather, uh, catches on your sword blade, and the uh, the reflection catches its giant double irised eye, which actually activates one of the uh, one of the creature's aspects that I've gotten written here, which is just all caps shiny. Uh oh. So it's uh oh, very intrigued and it's gonna start uh rambling over to you directly. But why don't you give me I'm gonna assume that's a forceful roll on you? Yeah. Yeah, because um, I mean you're just whipping sheer force at it. Yep, that's gonna be a Go total of two. Yeah, that's not bad. Okay, Wait. and it and what? Uh no, that's that's it. Okay. And it is going to try to lumber on over to you. It's going to do so forcefully because it's going to take a lot of effort to stumble over there with one of its feet gone, actively leaking fluid and being on fire. It's terrible. Yeah. Um, oh, buddy, no. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a negative three. Oh, bird buddy. So what, what happens when that bolt of force hits your bird buddy, Dylan? So um, I directed it at the giant eye. You sure did. The giant um, double iris eye. So it just sort of stabs into that and keeps going for oh. a while. Um, oh, that's And I terrible. imagine, like, horrible, viscous pus just pouring out of this thing. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. Splattering yeah. everywhere. Is this, is this your uh, warden sword? It is. Don't they have dispelling properties? They do. Attached to them, so when you slice him, shouldn't it like? Well, I didn't hit him with the sword directly. I no, used he, the he sword used, as he used a the focus. blade as a focus. Like an bolt. Yeah. Oh, I got. Dylan, I love so much that you and I said the same thing at the same time. Yeah, that was that was good. Go us. It made me real, real, real happy. Wi Fi. Okay. <laughs> wi Fi. <laughs> okay, so yes, uh, absolutely, it does that. It bores a ginormous hole through this crow beast's face bone. Um, awful viscous pus and fluids flying everywhere. So, um, but like the force bolt keeps all of the pus in until it dissipates, and then it all just torrents out. Yeah. Yeah. On a nightmare waterfall. <laughs> yep. Oh, it's terrible. And it starts slipping in its own, its own oh, gross. No. God. Yeah. It's, I it's did awful. a bad thing to this bird. <laughs> you did a real bad thing, Solomon. <laughs> Covered in its own face pus blood puke on fire, missing a leg. Its <laughs> giant eye has been popped like so many rotten grapes. Ugh. Yeah, um, and as it lies there, the fire begins to uh, finally consume its flesh. All of its feathers are gone now. And uh, this skeletal, skinless, muscled bat bird bone frame uh, is writhing on the ground. Um, at which point, uh, Piroa Dalma finally completes her circuit and whatever preparation she was making with her length of chain appears to be nearing its completion uh, because she rolls up from the side of it and she is going to take her chain and drop her dice behind the desk where they're of no good to anyone. Well done. Uh, action. Reach into her bag for another dice. There we go. And she's gonna... Ba -ba -ba -ba, she's trying to do that quickly. Yeah, that'll be real good. Okay, she's going to 
run up and underhandedly whip her chain around what's left of the thing's neck. She whips her chain back and forth? Yes. I assume that's a reference, and I salute (laughs) for it. Okay. Um, Whips it 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 around uh, the beast's neck. She catches the other end as it comes down. Uses her forward momentum, and having caught the other end of the chain, she pulls downward like it's a pulley. And that forward momentum, follow me on this, that forward momentum combined with the upward momentum of pulling down on that causes her to swing up by the chain around the neck and head of the beast, all the while the chain sawing through its neck like a primitive chainsaw. Good lord. Yeah, she completes a uh, a whole circuit, and uh, her landing on the other side, uh, actually back on the same time she started, I suppose, she does a full revolution. Her landing is not super graceful, but, you know, heals. Pierogi um, Dalai Lama, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's awful. Pierogi Dalai Lama. <laughs> and uh, she, she, she stumbles to the ground over there. The beast finally reduced to charring mains remains with with its head just about falling off held on by by gristle and hatred for the world uh finally slumps to the ground and a uh a blue purple mist begins to emanate as it starts to dissolve not unlike uh not unlike stripe at the very end of gremlins Ugh. Yeah. Right. Um the mist envelops the corpse as it as it dissolves and flattens and melts uh into the floor. And when the corpse is nearly gone, it uh rises up and the mist purple blue dense forming briefly uh a tall but slender vaguely humanoid uh silhouette. Um just before it on the floor, you actually see the token, the little, uh, the little artifact that Solomon lost so long ago, and who knew that this is what it would lead to? Yeah. Um, yeah. I did. I did. I did. I did. You, you, I did. you sure did, pal. Um, and the figure of mist, uh, appears as though it's about to say something, but if anybody wants to try anything, you can certainly make a quick roll. Uh, nope. I would like to hear what the fucker has to say. How far away is the token from where I'm standing? From where you're standing? Um, 20 feet. Yeah, okay. Um, then never mind. I will wait. Okay. Uh, although okay. I do want to ask, yeah. the scabbard in which I keep my warden's sword, would yes. that be a magical containment vessel? Um, I am going to assume that it is properly inscribed and treated so as to contain all the necessary energies. Um, Wonderful. I'm also I'm also going to rule that it has been particularly aligned and attuned to your sword specifically, but that it should as well, yes, have some basic magical containment properties. So yes, great. Um, then uh, I I just hold the sword in a defensive posture as. I await the the ramblings of the horrible monster that we've unleashed. Oh. Uh yes, the mist forms itself into this figure, a pair of uh of dark green fiery eyes in the middle. It turns and surveys each of you in turn 
uh, but notices it's the, the, the token, the artifact on the ground. It leans down and envelops it in this misty hand, and you don't see it, like, pick it up, but when the hand moves, the thing is certainly gone. That's um, bad. Yeah, and it, it turns to you, Warden Byron, and if I were able to do cool voiceover effects like like an editor, for example, might be able to do, uh-huh. a uh, a whispering, chilling voice that resonates throughout the whole of the museum says, Thank you for finding my token. I was worried that it was lost with its vassal. Oh my god, it's alto saxophone! And, and in a uh, in a in a sexy purple whirlwind, uh, the mist sort of just envelops and swirls into itself, and so is gone. Amazing. Da na 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 na. Well then, um, you guys did it. We did it. A wrecked museum with I know it took a while to get to our first real fight, but it was a good one, and you guys were awesome in it. Uh, so yes, you guys are in a, a wrecked museum with uh, a couple of agent people and a museum curator, and I think most of the civilians managed to get out except for one poor poor son of a cuss who who got all chewed up by the Crowsby. He's over there doing very very poorly. So who wants to do what? Um, I'm going to, uh, sheath my sword and then stumble weakly over to Rowan and Fiona and just go, Hi, did you guys see that? (laughs) That was crazy. I'm pretty sure that thing that dropped out of it was the thing that you took from the garage. I don't know what you're, yeah, it was, it was, yeah. So, so this entire situation was your fault. I know this whole thing was the fault of Theodore Preston, who unleashed that monstrosity on the city. How'd you get out of jail? I, listen, don't worry about it. It's a long story. Epic jailbreak? No. Why didn't you call me? It, it was less an epic jailbreak and more, I was woken up while I was sleeping and then shoved into an experimental device, and then was here. Ta- and then oh, tasted that of lemons. Like my Saturday. Um, what the hell do you do on your Saturdays? None of your concern. So <laughs> I turn to Paroa and Punchy McHuge, uh, whose name we still don't really know. No, you don't. Um, Fox <laughs> Yeah. Uh, he's, he's less, I picture him, and you guys, of course, are free to picture any NPC or each other or yourselves or the face of God as, like, however you want. <laughs> but I picture him being less, um, less Mulder and more, like, Agent Wrestler from the Blacklist. Sure. Just like, uh, like a, you know, sort of like a, not buzz-cutty exactly, but like short hair, kind of burly. Like Butler? Butler? From Artemis Fowl? Uh, no, he's not a mountain. <laughs> so, anyway. Walter uh, Skinner. So I, sure, yeah, yeah, you know what? If you wanted to picture Skinner, that's you wouldn't be far off. Go to town. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go. So I, I turn to Paroa and Pun- Punchy McHuge, and I'd sort of wave at them and go, Hey guys, thanks for the help. <laughs> P. McH uh, gives you a, a double thumbs up, and his, his knuckle dusters are still there and get covered with, with, with feather fragments. And he just looks at you and he says, I got to punch a giant crow monster. You did. This is a big day for you, huh? Yeah. 
Peroa <laughs> Peroa comes over and she uh her chain is actually smoking a little bit. Um mm. but as she approaches you you realize that's actually uh oxygen sort of freezing and steaming around it because the chain has gone very, very cold. Yikes. Yeah, but she does a a, a practiced offhanded little little snaky motion and uh, just whips it once very hard, and it wraps around her wrist uh, very, very quickly and sort of clasps itself there. So it's become this sort of, like, chain bracelet. All right. It's pretty yeah. cool. Um, so she comes up to you guys. She says, man, did you guys see that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was cool. Shit was crazy. Well... I mean, that's basically part of the problem that we were... Wait, did that have anything to do with you, Warden Byron? It it did, yeah. Okay. Well, do you want to come back to uh, the Westfield Carter with us? I mean, we got your friends here, and they were they were, they were going to come back with us anyway to get you sorted out, but I really think we need to know the bigger picture here. Yeah, so the good news is, this means that we solved one problem, sort of. Okay. The good news is, Warden Byron is out of jail, which means I'm not going anywhere near the hotel. See, okay, here, um, wait, wait, Punchy, Punchy McHuge, you just hear him yelling from off screen, God damn it anyway! Um, <laughs> uh, I turn to Rowan and I said, listen, I'm not out of jail, they sent me out to clean up the mess I made. You said you escaped. No, they woke me up in the middle of the night and sent me into an experimental machine that they had built, uh, without any real care whether it worked or not. Uh, so that if it did work, I could come here and, you know, maybe be of use. I'm going right okay. back to that cell. You guys really need to come help me. Please. Why, why would I willingly come to jail? And why would you willingly go back to jail? Because, listen, these are the, these are the procedures. This is how things work. Uh, there, punchy McHuge. There's... Punchy McHuge comes up. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, go for it. Oh, I was just going to say, he comes up and he says, you know, your friend is right. If uh, proper procedures were followed in the first place, I don't think any of this mess would have happened. Um, by the way, you three, how close would you say you're standing together? Uh, pretty close. Pretty close? Like normal okay. conversational distance? Normal yeah. conversational distance? Okay, cool, 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 cool. So, uh, Heroa is there and uh, Punchy McHuge sort of saunters up and, and says that. And suddenly the the air around you guys gets a little bit shimmery i don't, uh -oh. I don't know if you guys would notice you've you've been you've been through quite a lot but uh little patches of the world around you kind of start to pixel out a little bit uh oh does yeah. it, does, does it feel my drink does it feel lemony casey it, uh, well it feels like a different citrus fruit for each of you actually um <laughs> for for Tell dylan what? we know it feels, yeah, exactly. Um, Jackie can have a kumquat for Rowan. I'm gonna say uh, it feels like, um, like maybe a, what? It's not citrus. No, I was gonna say tangerine, but you can have whatever you want. <laughs> and uh, and agents Dalma and uh, McHuge look look just as concerned as you guys are. But before you can really tell what's happening, uh, the world starts to go all random battle transition screen and uh, you, you I, find yourselves... I, I, as this is happening, I sort of like start to try to explain that this is fine and right. all it comes out as is... 
And you guys are you guys are now standing inside uh, what looks like a lab, and Solomon is just standing there going, at you. We're in a lab? Yeah, you're in... Uh, the fuck, how the fuck did I get here? Um, the the, uh, the technicians wearing their, their hazmat suits uh, click little walkie-talkies and, and say, Congratulations, that was our first ever successful multi-person transition action that resulted in all of you being separate at the end. I look Fantastic. at I look at the hazmat suit crosswise and just go fucker under my breath. <laughs> um agents agents Dalma and McHuge uh were not prepared for this and right. they they kind of stagger a little bit and you four Solomon you not so much cuz you knew what was going on but the four of you actually have a severe case of the barfies. <laughs> just yeah, just all over everywhere. Yeah, I, just I'm- I aim mine directly at the scientists. I, a while flood I'm of dipping dots. While I'm puking, <laughs> I grab my gun out and start waving it wildly at them. <laughs> Fair enough. I smack. Uh, they, between barfing, I, I, smack I am his, demanding a lawyer. I, I smack Rowan's gun arm with my sheathed sword. Sure. Okay. Um. The the technicians scuttle out of the room and and. Uh, and in walks the gentleman, uh, Mr. Orion, who was speaking to you earlier. And he, he rushes up and he says, Warden Byron, that was amazing. That's what I'm talking about. Come on. Are you talking about the teleport or what I did to the bird? I'm talking about everything. Wait, what did you do to the bird? What didn't we do to it? Yeah. I the technicians just told me they were bringing you back after a successful thing, or tell me, what happened? So, oh boy, uh, I showed up and it felt like lemons. Sure. I, and then, uh, I tried to light a bird on fire and that didn't work. Oh. Uh, and then Punchy McHugh over there I punched it. it. And then he shot okay, it. Okay, okay, okay. He, I uh, smacked it. He he pulls out um Punchy McHugh pulls out a handkerchief that's got little tiny fists all over it. <laughs> and he um and he, he cleans himself up a little bit. And he comes over to to you, Solomon. And I forget is Solomon a tall guy? Yeah. He's tall. Okay, then he, he he comes over and he and he eyes you. And he says, Alright, first of all, the name is not Punchy McHugh. Alright, friendo. My name is Wake Wagner. But uh People call me, and he looks over, people call me Strong Arm. And, uh, just behind him, Agent Dalma is shaking her head and, and just does, just does the, the sign, the sign language sign for no, no one, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, alright, Punchy McHugh. Anyway, um, <laughs> long story short, uh, the bird is dead. And short. then, uh, Alto Zephyr showed up and took his thing back. What the hell is an Alto Zephyr, Byron? Uh, you I think know... it's that thing that they put as a filler in certain foods. No, 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 no. It's what, what like a jazz band needs. So does this? So this was to do with the artifact you lost? Yeah, it was. Okay. Real good then. Yep. Okay. Now you listen. Guys there is up? good what? news here. Okay. What we, is it? Hit we me. had two separate problems before, and they are now what? one problem. What were they and what are they? Well, they were that Alto Zephyr was running amok and there was a giant bird. Now sure. there's no giant bird and Alto Zephyr's running amok. So 
Well, that is one less problem. You're right. Okay, Warden Byron, I'm going to put you back into custody because you're the only one who hasn't barfed yourself. Good job. Fair. Fair. Um, you cats need to get cleaned up, and then we're also going to take you into, and uh, he, he sees Rowan start to prickle a little bit at the uh, custody comment. Yeah. So we're going to take you into protective custody. Is that okay? No. I want a lawyer. That is not okay. We can get you a magic lawyer. No, I want my own lawyer. Okay, let you can't have... You, let me tell you, protective custody, where I come from, come from, is exactly the same as any other kind of custody. <laughs> okay, well, you're not where you came from, pal. I you don't guys care. Just, you guys just defeated a, a major magical threat to this city and to the secrecy of our world in the larger mugglescape. So and then I got taken against my will to a place well, I do not want to be, so and what? am now being shoved in a cell somewhere. In our defense, the lab guys really wanted to see if they could do it. I really, really didn't want to be here. Well, you were coming here anyway. I'm currently um, scratching viciously at the mark on my wrist and screaming oh, yeah. at the mark. I want a lawyer. <laughs> okay. Um, meanwhile, at Magic Beans, um, a productive evening of of baristaing and and coffee selling is is coming to an end. The um the fairies are cleaning up the shop, and like six or seven of them are all holding a like a like a like a broom handle, just one on top of the other. <laughs> All climbing it like a like a fire pole, and then somehow their momentum is enough to make it sweep back and forth across the shop. <laughs> um, but uh, Cornflower and Bicker are going over the day's receipts, and after several hours of doing this, realizing they can't read, uh, <laughs> when suddenly uh, Cornflower lifts her head, uh, Bicker does likewise. They look at each other. And and they say at the exact time, but I'm only going to do Cornflower's voice because God only saw fit to curse me with one set of vocal cords. They look at each other and say, We need to become a lawyer. <laughs> and I think that's where we're going to call it for the day. <laughs> this is going to be the greatest thing. Oh, it's going to be Lord. It's going to be great. Well, you guys, uh, we get to address something new right now. We just hit, um, I don't know that it was a milestone, but it was certainly a significant event. We took down our first boss monster. Well done there. Right. Um, and the way that character progression works in Fate, as we discussed a little bit nine months and ten episodes ago, is that <laughs> instead of getting experience points and levels and stuff like that, it's character growth. So... Whenever a major milestone, something really significant happens, uh, you can either rename one of your non-core aspects. So not like, you know, your main aspect, but one of your, one of your, uh, minor ones. Or you can swap the point values of any two of your approaches. Ooh. So. Yeah, so for uh for Dylan there, for Solomon, if, you know, his flashy score wasn't working out the way you thought it would, or if you weren't using your alchemical expertise stunt, you know, if that wasn't coming in handy the way you liked, um, then it would certainly be within your rights to come up with a thematically appropriate, appropriate, you know, to what has happened in the intervening time, uh, new stunt to take its place. Right. 
And that's certainly something that we can take some time to think about and discuss uh, next time we meet if anybody has an ideas. And it's not mandatory, even a little bit. You know, this this isn't a game where you have to worry about, you know, if you're three points behind on a thing, if you don't min-max your character, then you get at by a giant crow. I think we've shown that you guys are pretty good at not getting at by giant crows. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Um, so, go ahead. I, I did want to ask about... Um creating a new con a uh, new aspect yeah since we have this open fifth slot um yeah, is so that just taking one off of refresh and and doing a thing yes okay yeah did you have an idea i did earlier and now it's gone yeah I, that's the same with me like okay oh. so what are what are, we could change a stunt yes you can change a stunt um you can change one of your aspects or you could switch any two of your approach values. Well, okay, but what was this about adding an aspect? Yeah, um, Dylan raises a point. I don't have you guys' sheets in front of me at the moment. I should do that. But you might have one more uh, aspect slot. Okay. And I, I think it might actually just be Solomon who has one open. I no, could I be wrong. Two. Oh, do you? Okay, well, then you could absolutely add another stunt, but that would take one off of your refresh, which would, of course, limit your ability to use them. Okay. So that's kind of the trade-off, the balance there. Right. Um, so I'm certain if uh, if we listen to the episode after it comes out, then maybe that'll spark your memory and that, uh, that idea that you guys had that slipped away might come back to you and we could uh, discuss next time, do a little bit of character business, which could be fun. Yeah. And uh we can see how things go back here at the uh at the hotel with the magic and all the stuff. I for one am excited. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Poor Xavier. He's back there at his ruined empty museum. Yeah. Probably confused. Probably confused, but like the kind of confused he's used to. <laughs> no, he's he's going to he's going to turn this entire event into a new exhibit. Yep, exactly. <laughs> exactly. There's yeah. There's the Nazca lines. There's the Tunguska event, and then there's what the hell happened on Tuesday? <laughs> <laughs> See if you can help me figure that out, Patelins. I'm honestly curious. Uh, uh, well, all right, my buddies. Um, we'll until see you then, again two weeks from now good episode thanks for listening everybody you can feel free to like our facebook you can find us on twitter at semi-automagi you can email us at semi-automagicpodcast at gmail.com we would love to hear your thoughts your questions and how badly i got magic crow physiology <laughs> so until next time bye all my buddies bye bye